Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Let's talk now about the woke salary man. In April 2019, it was set up with the intention of helping Singaporeans make better financial decisions through education. Joining us now, He Runming and Go Wei Chun, co founders of the woke salary man. Good morning. Welcome to Weekend Mornings. Hi, guys. Good morning. Hey, Thanks for having us. Great to have you with us today. Now, you've been up and running now for a little over a year, year and a half, almost two years. Uh, tell us about tell us about what, what your mission has been and, and what you've achieved so far. I think you can start with you. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, so, so our mission from the start, actually, we, we started the work salaryman trying to make a buck because we wanted to uh, sell workshops about our expertise because we've been working in the content marketing space for quite a while. We wanted to sell workshops about how we were able to help companies uh, set up Facebook pages, Instagram pages that they could organically reach their audiences. So we set up the work salaryman because we, we were both interested in personal finance. Like I thought it was a boring topic that if we could make personal finance interesting and accessible and get a fan base going, then we could probably get anything going, right? So we did it as a sort of a portfolio piece to then sell workshops because we thought the workshop model was quite lucrative, right? But it's sort of like, uh, I use the analogy of having a prodigious child. Like we had plans for it, but the plans went different because we found out that, you know, people reacted to it in a very different way than we thought. And uh, it took off by itself. And right now we are not doing really the workshop model, but we're just kind of doing sponsored content because there's enough people that like our stuff that allows it to run by itself. Mm. Yeah. Well, firstly, firstly, Wei Chun, you have a wonderful baritone voice that belongs on radio. Oh, so thank I, you very much. It's a, it's, so that helps with your communication. <laughs> the second thing is, uh, Ruming, maybe, what is it? Because the thing about the... You're right. When you say workshops, self-help workshops, you can already see my eyes rolling. I'm already bored. 20 years, 25 years in Singapore. We do not need another self-help, how to get rich in four minutes workshop. There are literally hundreds of them. What is it about your style, your approach that makes it different? Clearly, you saw that what we said is correct. This market is A, saturated, B, many of them are not very interesting, and C, the takeaway messages are not always that great. What is it that you do that's different? For sure. I think maybe just want to clarify. I think when we translate workshops, we weren't going to charge people B2B. to attend a workshop. Yeah, it, it was yeah, more like B2B. B2B. I understand. So what... We- so what we wanted to do was to, to teach brands how to communicate effectively. So we would charge brands and companies on content creation instead of personal finance uh, workshops. So I think uh, what we try to do differently is that we try to imbue a bit of like emotion into every single one of our posts. Because, I mean, often, you know, great messaging isn't always about the brain. Sometimes it's about the heart, you know. That's why a lot of advertising works. At, at the heart of it, a product is just a product. But if you can put like a motivation behind it, like you can uh, review like a a deeper motivation and a deeper meaning onto why someone, you know, let's say buys a bubble tea, you know, people will say, oh, bubble tea is just sugar, water, tapioca and flour. But, you know, to someone, the bubble tea means joy. So I guess we try to bring that kind of intangible uh, motivation to people starting their personal finance journeys. Yeah. Every man- yeah and actually, one more yeah. thing also, sorry. Uh, sure, so Neil was talking about these like get rich quick workshops like we, we we actually have a lot to say about them but it's also becoming harder to say because like they've gotten more sophisticated you know at the start it was more like really really like get rich quick they literally say it and now they're, they're sophisticated enough to the point where they don't say they actually 
explicitly say this is not a get rich quick scheme you know mm. but when you look at it it is essentially get rich easy or you know capitalizing on people's short-term greed and and we are just not for that kind of stuff so it, it's good that you pointed that out also yeah we're talking yeah. to the co-founders of the woke salary man and wei chung tell us about your clients who's what's the typical profile of somebody that comes to you for some of the content creation that you're working on so typically, we deal a lot with government and banks because I think, uh, well, first of all, they, they, are, they are better paymasters uh, because if you work with SMEs, and we love working with SMEs as well because they tend to be a bit more uh, willing to try new stuff. When you work with SMEs, there's always that small threat that they might go out of business. <laughs> but when it comes to government agencies and banks, you know, that, that's very unlikely. So, so first of all, that's why I like working with them. But also, I think kind of like these kind of macro clients as well because they, they will challenge you like, because it really challenges you because they have a lot of stakeholders and many layers of hierarchy, a lot of approval process. And uh, you become really good at sort of uh, addressing problem solving and really pushing back sometimes, which is in the interest of our readers. So, so we actually reject a lot of clients because uh, if we find that the brief or the product is not something that's suitable for us or our audiences, we try to either work and push back to get the angle or the product, maybe another product or a different angle of approaching it to a different demographic instead of just uh, basically pushing the story through. Yeah, So, so we really heed our readers a lot. So just to follow up on that, Ruming, so you, you have a very specific audience in mind to begin with. Is that correct? And so clients will come to you because they want to target your demographic. So rather than bend a certain product's pitch to suit your demographic, you'll say at the beginning... We just don't think your product, service, whatever it may be, suits our demographic. Is that is that right? Is that how I'm understanding it? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, some will people some people will say like it's bad business. I mean, we see it as like a long term in long term uh, in, in investment, you know, on our our content because the more you do like content that doesn't resonate with our, with your audience, like the more it affects you know uh, future performance. So in a way, there's some uh, element of selfishness in, in it. Like I I don't deny it. No, but I like the honesty. I like the honesty. Yeah. You know, you're not trying to sell something to, you know, there's lots of analogies I could use here, but you're being honest. So who is your audience exactly? Mm. That, that was my, key, my next point. Who is the audience you're targeting? Yeah, so I think most of our audience will be like 18 to, to 45, although the core group will be probably like the uh, 24 to 35-year-old crowd. So I would say uh, older Gen Zs to, you know, younger millennials. Uh, I mean, the oldest millennials now approaching their 40s. So, you know, that's, that's unfortunate. Because uh, that's the generation that we are. Yeah, so, so, uh, his yeah, older yeah. group, he, what he considers the old group. Even I'm not eligible for Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> but carry on. I'm so sorry, I'm so Granddad sorry. will yeah. be quiet. Carry on. All right. Yep. Yeah. So I think these are mostly first jobbers or mid mid career. So I think this year we also got quite a lot of uh, interest from uh, agencies that help people do career switches. You know, uh, upskilling. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, because I think. The millennials have kind of reached a point in their in their careers that you know it it is perhaps time to to make a career switch if they are you know stagnating or not getting enough progress in their in their day jobs. In Wei Chun, we, we we know that over time every generation goes through a pivot point 
in its thinking about investing and planning for the future. Um, I, you know, my friends and I did that when we were in our 20s as well. All of a sudden, a light bulb goes on. It's like, hey, time value of money and planning for the future, maybe getting some insurance. Um, is it different in Singapore with Singaporeans? Do they look at things a, a little bit differently? Because my perception is that Singaporeans are fairly risk averse mm. and might tend to plan more in advance than perhaps other countries. Yeah, but I think that's absolutely true because I actually am a Malaysian. So I, I'm also able to sort of step outside a little bit and, and sort of analyze Singapore from an outsider's point of view. And Singaporeans are absolutely very prudent. But having said that, you know, young people will be young people. This this idea of YOLO or you only live once and kind of spending paycheck to paycheck, I, I still have a lot of friends who do that. And uh, I think the, the turning point really comes when uh, you start to earn money. And I think particularly for this generation, not just Singaporeans, a lot of the catalyst for people's sort of awakening when it comes to, you know, I, I got to get my finances in order. It, it, it is triggered by student debt. And that was the trigger for mm. me as well. When mm. I looked at my bank account and I realized that I was minus $25,000. So uh, <laughs> my net worth was in the negative. So that's when I really woke up and figured that I should get adulting going. You know what I mean? But uh, just following up yeah. from that, uh, Wei Chun, you know, there is a perception, you hear it all the time, maybe our listeners and viewers may be thinking it now, that the younger generation, your demographic, they job hop. There's a complete opposite of, of stability, of prudence. They job hop. They don't stay at a job for more than six months. They have no idea of what their career is. They don't seem to care about money. You know, all of the cliches that you hear often apply, I'm assuming, to your demographic. What has been your experiences of working with that demographic? Are those stereotypes true in the, stere in, in the job market or not? Yeah, so, so, so it's kind of hard for me to be objective here so because I am that demographic and I'm not old enough. I'm not, I'm not saying you guys are old. I'm just saying I'm not wise enough and experienced enough to kind of have an objective view of it, view of it because I kind of <laughs> job hop quite a bit as well. My longest job was two years. And, and my perception generally when I give advice to young people is to job hop, to try stuff out. And also a lot of times when you switch jobs, right, you, you get a bump in salary. So I think the idea of sort of like old age pensions where, you know, the, the company will pay for your retirement are long gone. Correct. Uh, I think... It's no longer the case where we look out for, you know, five to ten year loyalty bonuses. You know, that's not something we care about because we are more short term in our thinking. Maybe that will change, but I don't mm. think so. You know, with the advent of things like Glassdoor and, and the ability to really very transparent, very transparently and very quickly share information, a bit like what we're seeing on Reddit now, right? Yeah. It, I don't think it's going to, you know, go back to the way it was. Yeah. Talking with the woke salaryman and Wei Chun, you know, one gripe that has come from the older generation is that uh, Gen Y and even millennials are famously fickle when it comes to work. They'll cross the street, you know, after their bonus is paid in February, they'll cross the street for $10 more an hour or $10 more a day or whatever um, to a better job. And are, are you, have you seen this in your discussions with, with younger workers? Like, hey, maybe you need to think about a longer-term view of, of your work environment and who, and who you stay with and not just jumping around? I definitely think there is a generational uh, kind of difference, but but actually personally, right, my experience has been that my older colleagues are the ones that will always advise me to really look out and and uh, maximize and optimize my my uh, job switches. For example, I was in a med tech firm, 
just before I, I became work salaryman full-time, right? Uh, I was at a medtech firm. And I was quitting it around uh, April. And the, and the firm always doled out its bonuses in June, July. So my older colleagues were telling me, are you crazy? What are you doing? Don't quit now. Wait until mm-hmm. June, July, then you quit. Lah. But then uh, I, I, I decided not to follow the advice, but which, which was a good move, actually, because then COVID happened, you know. So, so I think bonuses would have been affected a little bit, but... I think maybe that's just Singaporeanness in general, you know, trying to be very practical and objective about things like that, calculating your dollar signs, this and that, you know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's interesting, rooming. I mean, rooming, I haven't had a bonus myself for 20-odd years, so I'm kind of used to that thinking. I think it's important to try and be as entrepreneurial and as creative as you can. So what are some of the tips, advice that you give to your clients? You know, you, you say here that you try and com- communicate complex and boring topics in a way that's relatable and digestible to your clients. I'm just curious, how do you do that? Yeah, so I mean, maybe I can give that example of, you know, what would people consider complex. So, for example, you know, I remember when I graduated from, from uni, I had this crazy plan to go to the US and, and live for a year, just, just live in the van, the van life. And, you know, it uh, turns out, uh, two years later, like, it didn't happen because, like, my, my mom had a stroke. So I actually had to, you know, hustle to uh, earn that money back and, to, you know, uh, pay, pay the bills and stuff. The thing is that, a lot of people want to go on these sabbaticals, but they don't realize the opportunity cost that it's, it, sets, it sets them back. So in their mind, it's like, okay, this trip will cost me 20K. But what they don't see is that they forego an and uh, entire years of income, which is, which is you know, based on the average salary, around 50 to 60K. So, for example, like, uh, let, letting them see the opportunity cost and doing it through the comics that uh, Wei Chun draws. So it, it really helps them see that, oh, actually... Time is really the most important resource out there. It's not money, it's, it's really time. And one year spent, you know, gallivanting in, in, in Yosemite Nature Park, you know, yeah, yeah, could, uh, yeah. could set you back significantly. So you should always have significant savings before you, you attempt any of that. So you use illustrations, Wei Chun, to demonstrate, you know, financial planning. Did I hear that right? Cartoon mm-hmm. illustrations. Yep, yep. So, so Ray Ming is actually a copywriter. And I'm an animator by trading, so I had big dreams of becoming a an indie animator or indie animator di- anim- animation director. You know, making independent films for my bedroom and then going on the festival circuit. Then I quickly realized that if I wanted a house and maybe children, I probably can't afford that doing that in Singapore because cost of living is so high here. If I retired back to Malaysia and I just lived in a little hut in the middle of the forest with a little internet connection, maybe I can do that. But uh, yeah, that, so I kind of woke up a little bit. Like, I, I'm still, it, it's a nice little in between here because I'm doing something I love, which is to talk about personal finance and to kind of help make, make personal finance easier for, for idiots like me because I'm not a technical person. I always ask Riming about, you know, STI ETF, this kind of financial jargon stuff, you know. So I'm typically the layman advocate. I, I look at a piece of content that, that Riming has written and I try to make it as. as as idiot-proof as possible. So how do yeah. you, and can, can you jump in? You know, yeah. when we look at your at your website, the the homepage is just amazing, right? It's all it's all cartoons. It's a series of different cartoons that talk about different um, uh, job uh, prospects, getting job prospects, or getting divorced, or what you learned, you know, more than you know, earning about earning the biggest bank loan, things like that. And one of our uh, regular viewers, AB Terrence, is saying that he thinks that's really cool. It's a very unique uh, homepage on your website. And and I guess that those are your those are your drawings, are they not, 
Chen? Most of them are drawn by me, yes. Yeah. We have a couple of freelancers, but most of them are drawn by me. That's yeah. really cool. I mean, just for the benefit of our listeners and even viewers, just give us one example. So you have a a finance scenario you know you need to earn this to get this or you need to bu- how would you how would you draw it can you, is there an example you can tell us that you've done before so so one of my favorite examples was when Ray Ming wrote this really powerful piece about uh, why you shouldn't YOLO in your ni- uh, in your 20s so YOLO stands for the idea of sort of living paycheck to paycheck you know spending everything you have and really enjoying life in the moment right so this is a very mm. prudent message for young people so Ray Ming wrote this very uh, it, it was basically a very compelling PowerPoint presentation and that's typically how especially when we first started our first drafts are like because it's sort of like somebody preaching to somebody else so the way that we use comics and the medium of comics and character design and storytelling to make that even more compelling was that we put it within the situation of somebody actually living that life. So there's a comic that starts off with uh, a protagonist clubbing and then he's just, you know, throwing money in the air, you know, YOLO, you know. uh, And and he is suddenly sort of a a blinding white light comes, sweeps across uh, the, the, the whole disco floor and he's alone in a white limbo, sort of this white space, you know, like in the Matrix when the guns appear and stuff. And then he is greeted by none other than he himself in his 60s. So his old age comes in, uh, his old age self comes in, and he starts talking to himself. So it's kind of like a Christmas carol, you know, but instead of three ghosts, there's one There's one figure, which is him. And his older self warns him to start thinking about his future. So by injecting that, I think the, the, the topic becomes a lot easier and more, a lot more approachable and accessible. Yeah, because mm. we set it within a story. Mm. Yeah, uh, Quattro Sheng Wei on Facebook Live is asking, what's your target for the coming year in terms of your followers, your readers, people that are engaging with you on your website? Well, things to continue creating like good, valuable content. I think the more, I mean, since right now we have covered like quite a lot of topics, you know, I think the challenge will be to try to continue to provide value to people because sometimes people might find the same old topic boring. So it's all about trying new perspectives. Uh, that actually that actually works. I think ultimately, having great content is why people come back to us. So to us, it's not really about business targets or not about you know getting more sponsors. It's, it's all about consistency. Create consistently, consistency, consistently mm. uh, creating good content for our audiences. Gentlemen, we wish you good luck. Go Wei Chun and He Run Ming, co-founders of the Woke Salary Man. We hope that all those unwoke people out there will become woke by uh, having a look at your website and, and talking with you guys. Thanks for being with us today on Weekend Mornings. Thank you very much. Yes. It was really fun. Yeah. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.